Yeah, well, Duke will be over there in a little while. He'll pin you and the best of us can get to be, be over. This baby girl business. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I almost want to turn off the damn podcast. I feel like if we invited Molly onto the podcast right now, her list of Kevin things that her airing of grievances would be so long. He's just lucky he's taking her on vacation. Wrestling fans are the most miserable sacks of shit out there, right? TNT belt, TBS belt, Discovery belt, HBO belt, Care 11 belt, Channel 45 belt. Like, stop it. No, wrestling I mean, wrestling fans make make up the worst part of wrestling. Of course you don't. That's one of the problems I have with you. You piece of shit. <laughs> Take care of each other, man. <laughs> Be good to each other. That's not who you are. Tried to try to get some cheap love. <laughs> Fuck you. But he still rolled a frying pan up as if it were a doobie. All right, guys, she's uh, she's all yours. And the last thing on my grievances, and I don't know. I guess I don't know exactly where I was going with this. I just wrote down Duke's name. Bischoff, you piece, of, get back in the car, you piece of shit. And I gotta go mow the lawn. You don't talk bad about this show. <laughs> Supposed to insult the listeners. My number one lover, Petey Brown. You guys should really have booked the show a little differently today. The line, stop crying and fight your father. Trying to end the show with one of your own feats of strength. Welcome everyone. Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents a Festivus for the wrestling fan and all of us. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, happy whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate, why ever you celebrate, celebrate it uh, with a little bit of cheer. I'm Kevin Rogue. I'm here with the baby girl, Al Day, and Duke, I got a pull in my hands bags. This is our special edition Wrestling Festivus episode. Now, this is a concept that uh, is uh, kind of the brainchild of one Al Day, baby girl. Tell us what we're doing, man. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Festivus, that's uh, that's one of the things that from the great show that was Seinfeld season nine, I believe it's episode 10 entitled The Strike. We find out about a new holiday called Festivus. And so for this episode, we're going to tie in some of the features of, of Festivus uh, to the wrestling world and give our thoughts on that. Uh, but this was a holiday invented by Frank Costanza uh, that was to replace Christmas because of the uh, kind of the way the season was and how it made him feel. And he wanted a festivus for the rest of us. And so he generated this and his family was forced to celebrate, you know, including his son, George, which is one of the main characters on Seinfeld, but, We'll dive in uh, with our first topic, and that is from the episode where George decides to give out fake gifts at the company Christmas party, which was a donation has been made in your name to the human fund. Uh, he hands out the, all these cards. Uh, it ends up blowing up in his face on the episode. I don't want to spoil everything, but Seinfeld's all this crap. Like, I, I think it's it. okay. Yeah, yeah, you can get over it, but it blows up in his face because he made up a fake, you know, charity 
and gave out cards saying that, you know, a donation has been made and his boss ends up calling him on it. So we're going to give our donation has been made to the human fund take in that something in wrestling that was supposed to be amazing was supposed to be fantastic and it just didn't live up to its potential yes. to what it would be uh do you guys want to start or do you want me to start this off oh boy i don't duke do you have do you have yours in the holster you got your you got your festa your human fun gun ready to, ready locked and loaded i'm gonna defer okay I'll, I'll I'll take one because I, I I got a I got a couple, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. Uh, the NWO. Now, not the WCW. When they came back, I was excited. I thought the way that they set it up was fantastic. McMahon turning in this chair, he's gonna he's gonna kill what he created with the NWO. Like that that was exciting to me. They came back with like the original pieces, which was great. And the thing flopped. It fizzled out in a very, very short period of time. Well, there's reasons behind. Obviously, Scott Hall had his situation going on, uh, and it played into you know. They, we did get the the Rock Hogan match at WrestleMania, which was huge. Right. But by and large, that reboot was horrible. They they really got nothing, nothing great out of it. Like there was outside of probably selling more t-shirts i guess that'd be that'd be kind of the main one but the, everything about it fell short for me and i was i was genuinely excited to see what the wwe's take on the nwo would turn into i think that was the most exciting part of it for me and it just completely fell apart yeah that's that's an excellent one because i remember seeing that promo with vince sitting in that chair and spinning around and they talked about how big of a pain in the butt it was to paint that NWO logo backwards. So when he turned around and you saw it in the mirror, that, you know, to make that dramatic effect. Right. Uh, and they did that, of, that, that throughout the entire night of, I think it was a SmackDown, like yeah. throughout the entire night, he was just going back and forth in his head and talking to himself. It was, oh, man. It was good. Smackdown. Yeah. And that was like, that was the payoff that we'd been waiting for, you know. Because those guys weren't part of the initial invasion. So, yeah, it was a. I mean, I suppose you could blame Hogan getting super over, you know. I mean, I think a lot of part it was, of that. I think a lot uh, of it was, was, you know, Scott Hall. Obviously, they, I don't think they expected Hogan to be, you know, looked upon as a super face when he got into that match at. WrestleMania, but he clearly he clearly was. I mean, that was there was a lot of remember, reasons that flopped. They yeah they they tried to kill the Rock. Yeah, they they ran into it was probably a monster truck job, but I, he was in in the ambulance and they ran into him. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to get over get him over his heels, but uh, power of Hulkamania at WrestleMania, man. <laughs> well, and uh, cannot be denied. It, it was near a double turn, like in WrestleMania thirteen. Like that crowd, the way that they swapped, you know, who you're supposed to be cheering for and who you're rooting against. Like it, it was near that. I mean, there was still favoritism toward the rock, but that Toronto crowd was popping. Rightfully so too. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a huge, 
huge moment. But yeah, that would be my uh, NWO is in my human fund. And I guess to a certain extent, you could even look at the NWO and WCW in the human fund, just the way that that turned out as well. So yeah, when yeah. you went to four, it started to go downhill. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. The NWO Human Fund. Nice. That's what I got. I remember the slogan for the Human Fund was uh, "Money for People." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> suppose good as it gets. It's wrestling for people for us. Like it's what? What are what are the parameters of our Human Fund here? So basically, it's something that, uh, what the way I took it was something that was supposed to be great. I guess, or something that was supposed to be even good. And it did not turn out anywhere near what, what it should be. Like it just, it flopped. Oh man. I guess I'll take a, I'll take a stab at this one. So this could be anything really, but. Oh yeah. I'm going to stick with the year of uh, content from this past year. So we started off this past calendar year, getting into WCW in 96, plowed all the way through that. And then we got into, you know, the last, we're currently covering the last year of the, the company. And it's a very arduous uh, task, but we're, we're, uh, we're plowing through. Uh, most recently we, we, we crossed over the time where, uh, WCW did a reboot that they brought after uh, Russo came to the company, and then he wanted to make Tank, then he wanted to make Tank Abbott the champion. So they got rid of him, and then Kevin Sullivan booked for a while, which we like Sully, but business was going down the tube. So they brought back Eric Bischoff, who'd been exiled for you know hemorrhaging money essentially, uh, and Vince Russo, you know, supposed to be a uh, reboot uh you know getting the getting the getting the thing back going in the right direction and instead it's just kind of like all the material we've been covering has been ridiculous but it's uh taking a turn to even even more ridiculous since uh since those two came back and not not in a good way right so i think this probably qualifies for what we're going for here Absolutely. With the human fund. So, I mean, whether it be, you know, Vince Russo going to town with his bat, everybody else going to town with the bat, you know, I do like mean streak Hulkster eating, eating folks ass. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a, that's been a highlight, but uh, <laughs> the reboot as a whole, I mean, good idea. Probably a little too, too little too late kind of a thing i feel like it was a uh you're careening toward a cliff and you stop the car right at the edge of the cliff and wcw's like all right we're gonna save it <laughs> and then they floored it right <laughs> off the cliff <laughs> that's that's as good of an analogy as, as i think i've heard about the the, the failing years of wcw <laughs> Take, just... take the driver, swap it. We're going to put Rusi and Bischoff here. Floor it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Task, get out of the car. <laughs> Which is a shame because Rusi was driving that car right up to the cliff. And it's right. like, you know, three yards away. They're like, all right, let's switch drivers, but not yeah. speed. <laughs> like, yeah, task, get right. this. Pull the e-brake. Yeah. 
Oh man. Like you guys covered though. I mean, Task was trying to just build off of what was going on so it wasn't just a completely disjointed reset. Yeah. In that time. Um which is so weird too, because then after he left and then Rusi and Bish, you know what I mean, take control again. Then they just go, you know what, we're rebooting the entire thing. Well, if Sully just would have came in and done that, I'm sure we would have gotten something completely different, but yeah. To, to so, try and save a little bit of continuity, I guess. Yeah, Sully's a, a storyteller that, you know, he understands you got, granted, this is crap story, and we're going to finish this little segue here to get back on, you know, the paved roads, so to speak. <laughs> All right, Al, what, uh, what, do you, what do you got? You got kind of a, you got a little bit of a grin there or something. Yeah. I might not like where you're going. <laughs> Uh, well, my thing is new belts. Okay. You think about lately, every time they introduced a new belt, you know, it's just like, uh, really? <laughs> you know, um, AEW has done it a lot. WWE with the 24-7 title, you know, mm-hmm. fell flat. Granted, our truth is a national treasure. Like, yes. Just a national treasure. But that belt, like, everybody... Mick Foley's coming out. He's going to introduce it. It's like, oh, we're getting the hardcore belt back. We're, we're going to do something. It's going to be great. And then this god-awful looking, because it's a terrible looking belt, that yeah, 24-7. Uh, but basically, they, they introduced that and the shenanigans and circus that followed. Then you go into AEW. I mean, this is just Alan's take here. You can, oh, you got one of those cups too. Kevin's drinking from from his version does it say nancy it should uh-huh 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 yeah <laughs> anyway sorry kevin got me a christmas gift that says baby girl on it uh, a little salty he's gonna get some airing of grievances later uh, but the uh, you look at all the belts they added like when they added the tnt belt you know it's mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of the television title that working man's title and it's had its some good moments. I'll, I'll give the TNT belt that, but it's not the gusto that everything. And then every other belt I've added: the TBS Women's Championship, the Godforsaken Trios Championship, the what is it, the North Atlantic Championship? I don't even know. Is that what it's called? Yeah, one to call Mid Atlantic Championship, but that's that's a different promotion altogether. Right, uh, the new belts. I feel like companies introduce them as a, you know, new and exciting venue, new new and exciting goal Mm -hmm. for your favorites to pursue. And a lot of times it's not the salve that they think it's going to be. Right. Yeah. And especially with those, like the, the, AE, like the 24 seven thing bothered me because I was really hopeful to, to see a TV championship. I've always wanted WWE to have a TV championship, which is kind of what they did in a certain way, but they just made it worse by making it the 24-7 title. And then AEW and their belts can all go to hell. I just, I mean, I like the product, but they're really, they're really screwing themselves over. And and especially when like the the TNT championship first came out, I was okay with it. Uh, But then all of a sudden, like one guy wins it, then it changes like design. 
yeah. the next guy gets it and it changes design. Well, how do you like people love the winged Eagle, right? You remember the winged Eagle, that classic belt. People remember the classic intercontinental belt look. And by changing the look of it, they don't help themselves by establishing exactly by establishing the, like the look of it. You know what I mean? Like you, in your mind, I don't have like an idea of what the classic like TNT championship should be, like what it should look like. Like, cause they changed it when Miro had it. It was beautiful yeah. design, but it was changed again and again. I, I, I hate that part of it. Too many belts altogether, just way too many belts in, in AEW. And then when they, when they unveiled the TBS title, I almost turned the episode off and I called it. I was watching it and my wife goes, what are they doing? I said, they're about to show a new belt. And she goes, yeah, what is it? And I started laughing. I said, I don't know. It's probably going to be either the TBS belt or the Discovery Time Warner Championship. And they unveiled the TBS championship. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's not brilliant. I, I, I I'm with you. Al. I hate it. You guys got a least favorite championship of all time. Yeah, I think I would probably, I would probably end up saying either the 24 seven or the, I hate the TBS title. I hate it. It's not, it doesn't even have like a, a championship belt name. It's the name of a network. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I, I would lean. I'm in a similar vein as you there, Kevin. I, I also don't like, and just so we're on the record here, why not in WWE? Cause I know I can bash AEW on their belts, but why you got two tag team titles? Why you got two champion titles? You know, yeah. you need one. Of yep. each. Agreed. There ought to be one world champion. Yes. You know, that's that tricky business they got into whenever it was 10, 15 years ago with having the two brands, you know? Yeah. But that's that's definitely my human fund that everybody is, you know, it's supposed to be great, and this is going to fix a lot of problems for us, and <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah, the two world champions thing has been a, I, you know, I've never been the biggest Roman Reigns guy. He's always been a force, you know, but like that's what's gone on with him being the unified guy has been good in my opinion because he's the top guy, you know, because, you know, it seemed like whenever Lesnar was holding one of those championships, he was always considered the top guy in my opinion, you know, but there's another world champion at the same time, which is just, yeah, I agree with, I agree with uh, what you brought up there, Al. Yeah, I'm. Whenever they unify the belts, though, just make them one. That's all I'm saying. Like, all right, I you suppose yeah, we, experiment. Yeah, just make it one. It's the world champion again, and or if you want to call it the universal champion or whatever, but world goes back into the history fields. There, it's always been world champion anywhere yep. you promoted. So, yep. Well, there's a, there's an argument to be made to walking down there with several titles. We see it in boxing. We saw it with my guy, the Ultimo Dragon. I was going to say, you're going to Ultimo. (laughs) (laughs) You look pretty badass coming out there with nine titles, man. Ultimo Dragon dragging out 47 titles and just (laughs) J-Crown. You can't even see them. It's just a walking belt display. (laughs) It's the most most world titles held by a guy in uh, professional wrestling history at one time. Fair. Yeah. Uh, that's why you love them, huh? All right. That that I think that's the human fund, Al. What is next on the agenda? So on the episode, Frank 
decorates with an aluminum pole. That's it. Like Christmas trees and everything like that. He found tinsel distracting on the episode. Frank Costanza did. So he uh, had this great aluminum pole that had a high strength to weight ratio. Uh, he was very proud of it. He, as soon as I know George's boss walks in, did you see the pole? Paul Kruger <laughs> has it over in the corner. But so this, you know, there's a lot of things always going on in wrestling. And this is one simple thing that could fix a lot of the problems in wrestling. You know, like one, you know, simple, in our opinion, one simple thing that could change so much. I'm ready if you guys, you know, need to mull it over. I know I've sprung a lot of this on you in the last old oh, 12 or so hours. <laughs> yeah, no, away, Al. Al, if you got one, you, you, you by all means, man. One booker. T no EVPs. Oh, okay. no <laughs> other inputs. No booking committees. One booker would solve so many problems. In rest today, WCW, the whole booking committee thing, mm -hmm. one person, one vision would have solved so many problems. I know right now in AEW, that's I, I was talking with a guy at work a couple weeks ago. I'm getting a lot of late WCW vibes and not in a good way. Yep. You know, that there's too many inputs. Um there's there, there's too many chiefs in the room. You know, there, there's too many that want to get their buddies over, want to do this, want to do that. Yeah, this would be so cool. And But it has no cohesion. Right. It's so many different inputs. That's why most books are written by one main author. You know, you get 40 or so authors in a room. You know, it's not going to be the same story. You know, you can have a writer's room to help improve things, but you've got to have one vision. And that's, that's my biggest thing that would be my Festivus poll. It's a simple, you have one booker. You do what they tell you. You don't need the owner of the company trying to be buddy-buddy. I'm getting on AEW ran again, but the owner trying to be buddy-buddy with the EVPs and trying to, oh, yeah, this is so cool, guys. I appreciate it. And, right. and letting them you know just do whatever they feel on a whim. You need cohesion, a story direction that in matches them right yeah i i i agree with you i like that i like that take out i think that i think that having a uh a writing room is a good idea and right. having an exchange of ideas and concepts is a, is a great idea but there has to be there has to be that one direction that one vision now that vision can change based right. on what comes out of the writing room sure but there has to be there has to be a vision. We're gonna get this is where we need to get. What's the best way to get there? That's where your ideas from the writing room comes from. But this is where we're going. Tell tell us how we're gonna get there. Write the story of how we're getting there. Uh, I think that's man, that's a good one, Alan. I like I like that. That's I what like came that. to mind as soon as I, I started writing out all those ideas for this. I was like, oh yeah, I got it. And it, yeah. it's a simple fix. Mm-hmm. I think Sully's a free agent. What do you think? They they bring him in? Give him one more run with the book? <laughs> hey, Ma! Ma, I got the book again! 
Yeah, I don't know the company that called me. It's a, a, uh, hey, I got the book again. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you one thing here, Al, to, for a little bit of clarity, right? Uh, so in your mid nineties, uh, WWF Vince McMahon was the booker. Vince Russo wrote the storylines. Uh, are the or which role are you talking about exactly? So it would be the booker as far as writing the storylines. Vince ultimately it was his vision. Nothing like he would give Russo creative liberties, but also rein it in. And that's the thing that I'm seeing in AEW compared to WCW. A lot of the again plug the year of Duke and Rogue podcast. A lot of the stuff y'all covered in WCW. There was a lot of times that somebody needed to be there to rein in these superstars because they want to get all their stuff in, have the last word and do these things. And I see a lot of that in AEW people go into business for themselves where that did not fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of the, uh, that is kind of the theme of the theme of what we've been covering <laughs> in our, in our show, you know, and, um, uh, Having people to give input, like, I mean, yes, Rusi was the writer, but he was giving input to Vince as far as like the storyline and Vince, his right. all vision. That's what there's one vision. There's not all these different things and competing visions and you get disjointed stories. And uh, I want long-term, you know, storytelling myself. Right on. Yeah. I was just looking for some clarity. Uh, yeah, I believe their booking committee. It was it was formed as a committee, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously Cody's not there anymore. I don't know how they're delegating power, but yeah, it's that's a good call though, Al. Yeah, well, that was the when Turner bought it, and they went to a booking committee in WCW. Even that was kind of the whole boardroom mentality that he had and there you had television executives that did not care about wrestling did not know anything about wrestling in that room <laughs> doesn't help doesn't help the product uh i have i have one well i have i have two i want to slide in one is just an idea that i've always thought would be fun and i think that it would be it would really separate the product if they want to continue to do that. And I think that you take raw and you make that, you know, your WWE show and you completely rebrand SmackDown or you could do it vice versa and you reestablish WCW, you own all the trademarks, you own all of it. You come out with a new set, you come out with a new everything and you keep the two, you keep the two separate. I think that would be, I've always thought that would be fun. I don't know why they didn't do that when they did the brand split initially. Like I know when they first grabbed WCW, there's rumors there's going to be a WCW show and they just, they just let it die. And I think that there's still a lot of money to be had with the, with the WCW name. So I I think that would be, that would be fun. Now that's not my, that's not my, my complete number one fix all, but I've always thought that would be a fun idea. My 
one thing that I'm going to do that I'm going to fix is for Impact Wrestling. And I'm bringing back the six-sided ring. Nice. Because it is the one thing that separated them in American, like American wrestling, North American wrestling. They had the six sides. Nobody else did. They had the six sides of steel, man. It was such a, it was such a unique look that casual fans. And even if you're not a casual wrestling fan, but you're familiar with wrestling while flipping through the channels, you see the six sided ring that grabs your attention and you pause for at least a little bit. That's how I came across TNA was flipping through and seeing that six side and going, yeah, I'm going to check this out. And that's way back when they were on like Fox sports net. So I would, I would, I would bring back the six sides. I would separate myself. I'd give myself a different look than all the rest of the wrestling companies. Uh, with the way that TNA is now, I don't know how much it'll help. You know what I mean? Cause they're not, they're not really a front runner. There's uh there's a couple main promotions out there and I don't think they're viewed as one of them, but at least by doing that, I might be able to garner a little bit more attention and a couple more eyes. I mean, you could, you could, Definitely say they're top five. Like I would say that without question of the yeah. wrestling promotions, the nationwide <laughs> ones. Um, yeah, that that six sided ring is something I've missed so much. Like it was, it it made it different, made it special. You, uh, you know, there's there's different blocking, there's different things you could do with the six sided ring that you know adds intrigue to wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Did the uh, I I haven't followed the uh, the TNA recently. Um, did they do away with the X division at the same time as the six sided ring? Were those one and the same or or not? I kind of always associated those things together. Yeah, because uh, you have like the the uh, God, what was their match? They were the Ultimate X, ultimate whatever X it is. Match, yeah. Those are pretty wild matches. They were great matches. Yeah, but they still have the X division. Oh, they do. Okay. Um, yeah, that did make it unique. That's for sure. I'm, I'm six. It's no longer a squared circle. Right. So there's that. It was fun. It was just, it was just a, like I say, it was a unique, it was a unique look. It was a fun look. And that is when they changed back to the four side, the four sided ring, that's kind of when I stopped following the product again so mm. had to be something to it was that when the holster came in yeah yeah uh, all right good old dixie then <laughs> her husband's money like it was going out of style i thought it was her parents money oh one of the two yeah <laughs> just as long as it wasn't hers somebody's <laughs> money yeah. all right mine's Mine's up next year, so I just got inspired by one of the last WCW 2000 shows. Um, it's a flashback to when the when the whole back when in WCW when the whole entryway was elevated. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet feature, like all the way up to the fucking ring. Yes. Um, I mean it's a Again, it would fall fall into the criteria. It's more of you know, and it's the aesthetic thing. You could you could it would add it. 
you know, there's more potential spots to be had during the match. And I just, you know, I know that they, in kind of the early nineties, I think that they first experimented with the deal. I'm not sure if it's common in other promotions or not, but they just, uh, for some reason, Rusi brought it back in the year 2000. And that was one of the, that's been one of the few high points so far. AEW had it at Daly's place there for yep. a while. Did they? When they were reporting the, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah and i think initially i want to say it was a isn't it a japanese gimmick yeah. initially yeah yeah so i guess just a more commonplace maybe that should be the, the industry standard that's my little tweak is making that the industry standard <laughs> <laughs> that's that would be considered code for a staging area for a <laughs> professional wrestling event <laughs> Um, and it, it would bring up some uh some new spots and things like that to mm-hmm. you know i know they they sold that anytime somebody took a bump out there on it during aew during wcw you know, oh man that's so hard that's so painful to take a spot right there oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the outside of the ring is the, the hardest part of the apron you know yeah yeah no, I, I, I like. I don't know if I, I don't know if that I, if I make it the industry standard. I would just have it on one of the promotions because if everybody has it, it's not that. Like the entryways are getting to be a little much, just in general. Like Raw has got a, the, one of the biggest video boards you'll ever see, and it bleeds into their entryway. And Raw was supposed to be like not overproduced, not over. You know what I mean? Like it was supposed to be a little bit rawer. So I would like them to take back just sets in general. Just take them back a little bit and then ramp them up for your pay-per-views, but take them back a little bit for your, your weekly TV. Yeah, that's, that's a good call. Well, if we're uh, ready to proceed, we're, we're going to get to the, this is almost the main event right here. Cause uh, Festivus would not be Festivus without the airing of grievances where I got a lot of problem with you people. <laughs> and you now you're going to hear about it. <laughs> Uh, so that was Frank's way of telling his family what he had seen wrong with them in the year. Uh, on the episode, I know that uh, he loses his train of thought with the Kruger. You know, uh, he said, My son sell- tells me your company stinks. You can smooth the sheet with a hot, uh, hot babe if you had a date. He said, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, we will begin the airing of grievances we will try to condense this because ultimately when we first started talking about this episode this was going to be the bulk was yeah the airing of grievances. <laughs> um, but, all right well hey i'm gonna i'm gonna start here because i got a problem with you people <laughs> <laughs> all right oh he's got a notebook full of grievances <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm a I'm gonna take a jab at the Todd spot here. Um, this baby girl business, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I almost want to turn off the damn podcast when I start hearing you, you're, Mr. Road. That looks like uh, Duke's uh, Duke's audio is gone. <laughs> 
That's what you get, motherfucker. <laughs> How appropriate was that? Wow. Yep. <laughs> you don't talk bad about the show. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin is not even controlling the sound. <laughs> wow. So how much of that grievance did you catch? I got it. <laughs> Just the very first. All right. So this baby girl garbage. Put it, put it, put it in the garbage where it belongs. All right. Um, also. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, Al, I gotta, I gotta take, I gotta take a shot at you here, Al, okay. because I, I produce these episodes on this channel. You gotta speak up, man. <laughs> I end up spending hours on the post production, getting, getting your levels up to, up to Kev, Mister Rogue. There, I was <laughs> <always> fucking, <laughs> I was yelling into his mic. <laughs> Both you pieces of shit need to get it together over there. I thought we were supposed to be talking about wrestling, not each other. I gotta change my fucking grievances. Yeah, Duke loaded both barrels and that's not it. I, I happen I happen to know my 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 co-host over there, Kevin Rogue, pretty well, and I noticed that at the end of all your episodes, he he signs off as this nice guy, fucking face. <laughs> Take care of each other, man. Be good to each other. That's not who you are. <laughs> trying to try to get some cheap love. Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a roast. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, that, was, that was my problem with you people. As far as wrestling goes, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of grieve to go, a lot to grieve about with uh, what, what, uh, what Rogue and I have been covering with the WCW this past year. Most recently, the excessive use of bats and tables in latter-day WCW. Lead pipes, just everything. Way too much. Doesn't mean nothing. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's... that's that, Those are my biggest grievances, I think. Uh, way, to, way to end strong. Yeah, <laughs> I should, we should do it again, and I should open with that one, right? Maybe you could just, just yeah, just spend all the, the that time uh, producing. Maybe you could just flip it. I don't get it. Of course you don't. That's one of the problems I have with you. You piece of shit. <laughs> uh. Al, if you if you want to take your your your, your, your grievances, I guess. <laughs> I just wow, like he he whipped out a list. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to compose myself. I was not. <laughs> I didn't mean to bury the show, guys. Uh, that's okay. Uh, wrestling wise, my. Uh, <laughs> Would definitely be uh, on finishers because they're they're not finishers anymore. Yeah. Um, 
there's no selling. There's no just what makes wrestling special. And I saw an interview with Jim Cornette talking about how if you pulled over to the side of the road and I'm going to paraphrase his story and you see this big guy and this smaller guy about to get into a fight and, you know, you know, the big guy's just going to pummel this smaller guy, you know, but, you know, as you're watching, you know, suddenly the little guy gets a shot in and you're intrigued. Like, oh, wait, maybe he's got a shot at this, you know, maybe. And it starts to, you know, we all ultimately in our gut, you know, it seems like a human condition. We want to root for that underdog. Oh yeah. That'd be great if they could win. No. You know, there's, there's not any believability though. This is more like a dance act that you see on television and it's all the companies I watch and I hear from, you know, the head honchos themselves, like you, you couldn't do the old school stuff anymore. People would turn off the, the TV. Yep. People would turn off the channel and they're trying to, you know, John Harris, if I could have got John on, there would be a lot more swearing on this episode. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> One of my coworkers, uh, in regards to airing of grievances toward wrestling today, but as you know, there's, it's like a dance routine, you know, there's certain matches that it's believable and you think it's a real fight and you're able to suspend disbelief and put yourself there. Right. There's still a few, I guess, vestiges of this and they sell and the finishers count. And if you get out of if you happen to get out of the finisher, it's special. Like it's a once in a lifetime. Like, oh my goodness. You know, it's part of the story, not just, Oh no, we haven't had enough match yet. Kick out of the finisher. Yeah. 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 I, that's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Al. If I wasn't, if I wasn't so, uh, you know, worried about, you know how you guys have let me down. I would have tried out of that. Um, I'm gonna start my ASMR, I think, podcast now. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you're right. There's, uh, you know, back in the day, you get guys like the Undertaker who would miraculously, or the Hulkster, they'd be miraculously able to take a couple finishers. But now there's uh, there's a couple couple matches in recent memory that that stick out to me in Roman Reigns's title reign. Um, I get it; he's the unstoppable force, but it's like really nothing will beat the guy. I mean, he faced Rollins at I think it was many before this last one. Every finisher was hit multiple times it's like you're you're there's nothing that will beat the guy and you know i've seen the same thing with lesnar at times and yeah i i agree with you yeah, it don't mean much it's interesting all that you say like the selling and and all that because my my mind usually goes to like fdr because they are pure solid tag team wrestling pure wrestling and they are by and large considered the best tag team in the world right now yeah. and they they wrestle an older school style of wrestling 
the Young Bucks generally aren't mentioned in that best tag team today. And they wrestle the dance choreography style. Well, it depends on whose list you look at because Melser's over there just giving it to himself about the right. Young Bucks. Yeah. Melcher. <clears throat> yeah. 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 That's a grievance in itself. But anyway. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I wrote down three things in grievances. My first one was the fans. Wrestling fans are the most miserable sacks of shit out there. And I, like they are part of the problem with wrestling because it, they don't let anything breathe. They have instant reactions. They want to provide commentary about shit they know nothing about, including performers' personal lives, where they think performers should be working, where they think performers shouldn't be working. They don't know shit. But everybody has everybody has some type of grandiose thought as to what should be happening. And the people that say, if they do it right, or... They can't book them right, or they should, they should, they, hmm. yeah, they didn't book that right. Guess what, motherfucker? You're not a booker. By saying, if they do it right, you're essentially just wanting to sound like the smartest person around. That's not how it works, man. What is right? What is right? Wrestling's an art. It's subjective, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because you think that it's not the way it's not, they didn't book it the way that makes you happy doesn't make it wrong because there's a million other people out there and there's people out there that like the direction. There's people out there that don't like the direction. There's people that are indifferent to the direction, right? So fans are just they're unbearable and the, the tribalism of, of wrestling fans oh, just, sh- yeah. just shut up, just shut up and enjoy wrestling. Wrestling is good, right? You're not going to love everything on a show. You're just not. It's a variety show. You're probably going to like something here or there, right? Enjoy what you like shitting on something else. Doesn't make what you like better. It, it doesn't. That's not the way it works. So fans are fans are the top of my, my grievance list. Told you you were a heel. No, I wasn't hating on hating on the fans. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay what's your what's your, I mean, what's your I, third grievance? Al, am I am I wrong? No, wrestling I mean, wrestling fans make make up the worst part of wrestling. The the uh, smart marks were very much in contention for grievances for me. That these people that know everything that you know. Oh yeah, I, I would have done it this way. It'd have been great, you know. And, well, you're not doing it now, so just enjoy what you like, you know. You right. Can, you can turn off what you don't. I mean, everybody typically has the power to record this stuff. It's not like the old days where we had to sit and watch it, and you know, hope one of your buddies recorded raw or nitro for you, and you could swap tapes. Right. Know, maybe the wow. next day. And it's it, it's it's such a unique form of art. You know what I mean? It's such a unique form of entertainment where if you don't like an episode of fucking whatever show it is, right. If you don't like an episode of family guy, you don't go out there and go, well, the direction of this show, they didn't book this show, right. This did, you know what I mean? Like 
so the episode fell flat for you. Tune in next week. Maybe it'll make a turn. Maybe you'll like next week's episode. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that John again if we'd have had him on here there'd been so much more swearing <laughs> uh, john he uh he talks about they play to a certain demo mm-hmm. and that's all that the companies are that 18 to 49 demo is what they really want to sink in you're not yeah. trying to create fans you're not trying to get every generation of a household invested into this you're trying to please this one group and it seems you know again I'm not trying to bash or hate on them, but it seems like the, the AEW booking committee, so to speak, is trying to play to the smart marks oh. right, to entertain them and not wanting to grow the product, not wanting to, you know, capitalize on you know everything that you've got going for you. There's, I mean, there's some good, there's some very talented wrestlers. There's some very great matches that I've seen, mm-hmm. but then there's also a lot of crap lot of fluff that is thrown at us that people they don't want to see that or you know it takes it to a line where a grandparent can't bring their grandchild to this event and watch wrestling yeah i'm with you i'm with you al um i said the second thing on my list of grievances uh is aew i i i am a fan of aew i want them to succeed the the more mainstream wrestling we can have the better it is for the performers the better it is for everybody it forces everybody to get better at what they're doing can can we have can we have one night where not everybody that walks down the aisle is holding a championship belt too many too many belts trios belts too much right tnt belt tbs belt discovery belt hbo belt care 11 belt channel 45 belt like stop it just stop it and it got worse when they blended roh in i hate that roh is there it drives me absolutely up the wall because you don't even have your company fully established yet and now you're going to promote this other company that you bought as an asset get your get find your exact footing then maybe blend in, but I still don't think I would blend in ROH because it's, it's too much. Why is, why is it that you have the ROH champ, a championship in the main event of your flagship show, AEW Dynamite, and not pushing your own stuff? Now, I understand that they own ROH. I get that whole, I get the whole thing. But that doesn't do anything to further your AEW product by by blending in ROH. Like it's just, boy, that it just drives it drives me nuts, man. There's so many there's so many things that they do that disappoint me, and I say that as a fan of of their product. I enjoy AEW. I watch AEW, but there's so many things about it that just that just drive me mad. Just drive me because I want them to succeed, and the way that they're going now. I don't see long-term success. I, I just do, I just don't see it. They're not setting themselves up for long-term success by blending in everything. There's just so many different things that drive me drive me nuts about it. And I, again, I say that as a fan. And the last thing on my grievances, and I don't know. I guess I don't know exactly where I was going with this. I just wrote down Duke's name. 
you got a lot of problems with him? I guess. Yeah. I just, I wrote down Duke's name. I didn't write down why. So Duke, you, I got issues with you, man. So what's your problem, man? I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm not sure. I didn't write it down. I didn't make a fucking list. I just wrote your name down. So work on that. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're you're on mine too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I maybe had, it was maybe it was I revenge. Good, I don't know. <laughs> I had good reason. You got nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I if I if I fucking stayed up all night thinking about reasons, I, I probably would fill this bitch up. But I didn't do that because I'm a nice friend. I feel like if we invited Molly onto the podcast right now, her list of Kevin things that her airing of grievances would be so long. He's just lucky he's taking her on vacation. That's the the only penance he gets to do. Uh, one of one of us is taking the other one on vacation. Who's taking who is really? Uh, it's <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, I I had some honorable mentions. Uh, you know, with the tots pod thing of you know the figs. And everything mm. like distribution problems still on figs and uh you know that that's something that's a pet peeve of ours we talk about on tots um just you guys like the the wcw you're watching like can it get any worse you know that kind of stuff it always yeah. could it, it always yeah. could yeah again sully pulled the e-brake and tried to stop on the cliff and let, <laughs> they let russo and bischoff drive again so <laughs> But all right, guys, she's uh she's all yours. <laughs> yeah, I got it stop. Here we go. <laughs> and Russo or Rusi, I'll say is floor it, bro. <laughs> Bischoff, you piece of get back in the car, you piece of shit. <laughs> you hit the gas. It is bad. Like I've I've attempted to try to watch the pay per views you guys have endured, and my God, it's very bad. It, it it's painful to the eyes. And Mark Madden can can I air a grievance there? Uh, why? why <laughs> yes, <was he> ever, <laughs> uh, anyway, we will move on uh, from the airing of grievances. Uh, Festivus cannot close without the feats of strength in which someone had to pin the eldest male on Seinfeld and usually George had to wrestle his father. Um, the line stop crying and fight your father. Comes <laughs> to mind. Uh, so we want to leave on a high note, the feats of strength, you know, something that we enjoy, something that made us feel good, or it could just be a physical feat of strength if you want it to be, but it's just something that impressed you, something that makes you feel good, something that you enjoy about wrestling life. I mean, Obviously, Kevin's not coming up here, so that's. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the Hulkster's big boot has to be the single biggest feat of strength, right? Wait, the boot, not the slam. The boot, man. It's a it's a feat of strength. See what I'm uh, doing there? Okay. Literal. Literal. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you get that boot going, the body slam. Right, that's right there. Hulkster body slamming anybody. That's a great feat. Um, I actually put this wasn't like a guy's feat of strength, it was more of a uh you know piece of equipment from SummerSlam when uh 
Lesnar took that that uh, forklift bit and flipped over the <laughs> ring. That was, that was a hell of a hell fired of a up the uh, fired up the Alice Chalmers there. <laughs> yeah, just never seen uh, never seen a spot like that. It was pretty impressive. Enjoyed it. That was right around the time where uh, McMahon stepped down, and you know Triple H was bumped up to being head guy, I believe. And it's like, oh, okay, there's some fresh stuff. I haven't seen a fucking ring, you know, lifted up and destroyed before like this, in this particular fashion at the biggest party of the summer. Yeah. So uh, those are a couple of couple of my couple of my feats of strength, and just something I'm you know something I'm thankful for. You know, I guess a feat of strength of, you know, the world in general at this point is how, like, easy it is to to just turn on the TV and watch all this old shit that we cover on our yeah. show. I mean, when this when this stuff was going, you know, live the first time, we had to, you know, set the VCR and record the thing and just save it for posterity, you know. ELP, baby. Because who knew that all this, all this, uh, you know, thousands of hours of wrestling footage be available, you know, so easy like it is today. So I'm thankful for that. That's all I got. I liked how he started with an actual feet, like the foot of strength. <laughs> That's priceless. Because I would I would have went Goldberg there with the feet of strength. Oh, you're <laughs> unacceptable. I mean, he kicked Bret Hart's, Hart's head off. Even off it's head. still connected. Yeah, he scrambled his biscuits, that's for sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, as as far as the uh, the feats of strength, if we wanted to go like literal strength here, I'm going to give a shout out to Claudio or Cesaro, however you want to know him. Yeah. That dude, it, he amazes me some of the things he's able to accomplish i'm uh i do love that he's getting a push um i've always enjoyed watching his work right yes he's not the best talker okay but in ring i've always enjoyed you know his ability uh his willingness to you know do what needed to be done you know to, to pull through on matches but i mean just the sheer strength of this dude like pound for pound i don't know if there's ever been a stronger guy wrestling i mean it would it, he's up there definitely on the list but uh my feet of strength like as far as the good feels and g- good vibes like way to end it is that uh what wwe has done putting h in control yeah. uh they were in a bad way we, we all know, you know, if you followed wrestling at all with the whole scandals and whatnot, they were in a very bad way and seemed to be spiraling out of control. And they do seem to have direction now. You're getting more fans invested. You're getting people excited about the product. And people excited about wrestling is good for wrestling fans. You know. It's good for podcasts like us, but it's good for wrestling fans because that ensures tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. We all grew up in what I consider is two of the greatest eras of wrestling. You know, that old school era and then the attitude era. You know, when wrestling exploded in that old school era, you know, Hogan, say your prayers, take your vitamins, you know. Uh, then the attitude era, you know, when the NWO was formed, WWE had to have something to counterpunch it and just blew the lid off of what we thought wrestling can be as I drop Hogan down here. <laughs> Got too many figs on my desk. Uh, but that's that's kind of the thing that I really it's brought me back in I was not able to watch WWE products there for a while I'm just going to be flat out honest I wasn't into it nothing they did was appealing quite some time and now I'm I'm kind of being drawn back in I'm digging it I like it that's a good thing uh, yeah, it absolutely is. I, and you're right. I mean, that is, uh, I mean, we did, we had, we were able to grow up in uh, a couple of the best generations of, of wrestling. I mean, hands, hands down, hands down. Uh, so we have been, we've been very spoiled in that and looking forward to where they're going and definitely, you know, future generations of wrestling. Uh, feats of strength for me. Uh, the first one that came to my mind right away is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes left WWE as a lower level mid card stardust with not much steam behind him. And to do what he did from building himself back up on the Indies to coming in and help create an entire new company. And then to walk away from that company and go back to WWE. And then to have that Hell in a Cell match with that injury and the quality of match he put on with that injury blows my mind. Right. Cody's a he is a phenomenal performer. Yes. And and it has been awesome to watch him grow from when he started in WWE to where he is now, right? We don't always get that opportunity to watch a performer grow like this. Like, I mean, Dustin Rhodes, another one. You know what I mean? Like we, we were able to watch him grow over time and see where, what he has become now. But what Cody has done is, is an incredible, incredible feat of strength. Uh, I, I'm all, all for him. Uh, I know that I, I do take shots at, at them quite frequently, but what AEW has done in the short time that they have been a company is, is a feat of strength to get a company off the ground and get weekly TV, right? There's other companies that have been around. MOW has been around, right? They're not on weekly TV on a main network. Right. Uh, their impact has been around. Now they have weekly TV, but it's not on a main network. It's not as accessible as the AEW product is. So what, what they've been able to do is is pretty impressive in my mind. I just I wish that there were some things done a little bit differently. Uh, I think that Mark Henry. Yeah. Thousand pounds of sex. Thousand pounds of sex rolling up that uh, that frying pan. I don't know why. I've always been impressed by that. Just watching him curl up a frying pan. Because wasn't it the, the story behind that was that 
he did it was a different type of metal when he did it before and they changed the do you remember the story al no okay so the the frying pan that they would normally use when he would do this trick it was a different type of it was a different type of metal so by and large relatively easy for a very very strong man well when they sent him out there i don't know who it was it might have even been vince that was trying to get him and sent out a different frying pan with him and that's when it was he looked like it was it was a problem but he still rolled a frying pan up as if it were a doobie <laughs> that's a strong that's a strong situation that is a strong situation man so those those would be those would be my my feats my feats of strength um and then also like ending on a good note i'm super happy and super proud of what uh what we've been able to do uh the three of us with the uh, gorilla brand wrestling podcast it's been been outstanding i enjoy my time with both of you guys it's fun we have laughs we have a good time and i'm 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 thankful for all, all the listeners out there there he goes with that face move again duke all oh, right i'm supposed to be yeah <laughs> I'm supposed to insult the listeners <laughs> and 10 minutes ago you're talking about how all the all the fans suck and now it's wrestling fans not our fans <laughs> our fans don't get online and go you guys should really have booked the show a little differently today <laughs> they're going to the, now because they you didn't say that right you didn't book you didn't book the holiday special the right way <laughs> it's just the sports fan in uh in the wrestling fan man the old armchair quarterback yeah it's you know if this guy would have called a different play it would have turned out differently, you know. It's Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. They'd have put me back in that uh, in the game in 1986. We'd have won state. <laughs> oh, this football over the mountains. <laughs> Four touchdowns in a single game. <laughs> you and Al Bundy with it. <laughs> That's a feat of strength right there. Yeah, That's old yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who can for, score four touchdowns in the game is uh, all right by me. I scored. I scored five. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. I sure did. He's he Madden. No, it was against. Uh, it was against Isanti. Uh, Isanti schools scored five in the first half. Coach didn't let me touch the ball in the second half. He's trying to one up Al Bundy. No man, it's not like I. It's not like I haven't uh, like uh, on my calendar to remember the date or anything like that. As you said, anybody that scores four, I scored five. That's insane. You just trying to end the show with one of your own feats of strength. <laughs> That's well, why I mean, I if I was problems with you. Uh, if I was going to do that, I would talk about how I, I managed the double champ Nick the Natural Nelson, or the TV God Stone End, the most dominant faction, and. Minnesota professional wrestling, but I'm not going to do that, right? Because I'm a, I'm a good guy. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> well, that's that was nice, guys. Yeah, happy happy Festivus. Yeah. Um. So the evening ends with a wrestling match, which is appropriate, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want you want you some Duke? I mean, who's the head of the household here? Me. You? I I could pin you. 
Yeah, the fuck you can. I got the size advantage. Oh, oh man. Feet of strength. You know who's got the feet of strength? That's downtown PD Brown. That's who's got the feet of strength. Oh, here we go. You were going to be on my grievances list with every episode. You'd be like, oh, my family, my main man, my number one lover, PD Brown. He's so good. <laughs> Unacceptable behavior. Yeah, well, Duke will be over there in a little while. He'll pin you, and Festivus can get Festivus will be food. over. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go to Duke? You know, just because, man. I like I said, I got to go mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, Al, uh, this this has been a lot of fun. It was a great idea. I love wrestling, Festivus number one. Fantastic. A lot of fun. Good times. Thank you, everybody out there, for spending some time with us. I uh, wish you all a happy and safe and uh, cheerful uh, holiday season here and a happy new year to everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us. Happy holidays.